Hey everyone, this is Michael Groobs Gruber, and you are listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. This is Levi Weaver. I write a lot of weird things, most of them lies for The Athletic. Just kidding, my bosses. You're listening to the Ranger Nation podcast. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three, call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. In the air, shallow right. The Texas Rangers win the pennant. Second consecutive year. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation Podcast. Yep, it's Rangers Nation Podcast. Today's episode is Rangers Update. You know, we're going to try to do this maybe twice a month. You know, we, we get guests on here. That's a lot of fun to talk to people and have guests, but we want to do an update. We're about halfway through the first month of the season. Um, it's Saturday the 17th, I guess, and, and uh, the, the Oreos are in town, and uh, we've got uh, they, they beat the Rangers last night, but here, here's what my assessment is so far of the Rangers. It's all good. Remember how Michael Scott said that? But that's how I feel. I honestly feel that. The record's 6-8 and eight right now. Uh, but I really feel like this team is showing us that they are on the right track. I just wrote a story this week about that, about the Rangers being on the right track. And for all the, the, the John Daniel haters and, uh, and, and all of that, they, they probably scoffed and rolled their eyes and, you know, we need to fire him and bring back Nolan. And that's fine. And that, that's what's great about this game and having that opinion. But – but this team, it's all good. And, and I'm not talking everything's perfect on how this team is playing because it's not. They're, they're not perfect. They're only 6-8. and eight. Um, they, they, Last night, were, they were no hit through, what, four or five innings before uh, Dahl ended up hitting the home run, and then Solak went back-to-back. But, I mean, um, you know, in the pitching, uh, Fulton, Fultonevich wasn't great last night. Uh, uh, but, you know, so, so nothing, it, 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 when I say it's all good, I'm not saying the play is all good. What I'm saying is – if you are looking where this team is right now and what they were supposed to do this year and what the what the Rangers told us the 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 that that was going to be the target of what they were going to do this year in the rebuild it's all good you they are exceeding what people expected look they're 6 and 8 um, that could fall off. They could lose 10 in a row, and they would still be good if they continued to play exactly how they're playing right now. So how are they? They're three games back. They're six and eight. Look, you you take that to the end of the season. That's I predicted seventy eight wins, right? So you're seventy five to seventy eight wins. That's right in that wheelhouse. If they end up, um, you know, somewhere right below five hundred at seventy five, you could not argue with that. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be a wild card contender. None of us expect that. Could they? Sure. I mean, anybody can get on a roll and do it. Hey, the capabilities are there for what they're doing. But when they said they were coming into this season, if you remember last offseason, um, uh, John Daniel had a – right after the season, he kind of had a state of the state of the franchise and what they were doing. He said, you know, look, everything moving forward and going forward on this team was going to be about the future. And he said every 
move we make, every transaction we make, every player we get is going to be someone we see for the future, and it's not just going to be signing someone, um, you know, to, to fill a spot or whatever. Now, th- with one exception, and the one exception was going to be um, Josh Young wasn't quite ready to be in the major leagues, and of course now he's injured. So they were probably going to bring in, um, like last year they, they brought in Todd Frazier, but Frazier was coming in to be the starting third baseman. They, they wanted him. They felt like they didn't get Anthony Rendon. They thought they'd get uh, Frazier. He was a nice fill-in uh, to play third base for him last year um, because they really thought the pitching staff had enough in them to maybe that first year um, in, in the new ballpark to be competitive. And they were competitive when it started off, if you remember. They started out kind of like they are right now. Um, and, and then it just uh, – they, they brought up, you know uh, – uh, the the pitching staff what Mike Miner was not near as good as he was supposed to be. Corey Kluber had one inning and then he's gone for the year. Uh, and then they they uh, Todd Frazier moves over to first base uh, because uh, they they end up uh, Isaiah Counter Felifa has such a great. Uh, spring training and Guzman and uh, Bird had such horrible spring trainings that uh, uh, IKF Falefa you know Counter Felifa. Uh, made the the opening day roster as the starting third baseman. First time he'd ever done that. He's always been the utility. He even said that the other day in an interview. Everywhere he's been coming up and playing ball, everywhere he was always the utility guy, never had a starting position until he made the team last year as the third baseman, won a gold glove. And coming into this year, he came in as the shortstop. So what they're doing right now in saying going forward, that's what this is about, it's doing great. So you look at their hitting. So, so if they're trying to build a core team and they're trying to build a core around, let's see what we've got, who we've got, what, you know, to, to go forward. So some people won't make this team, you know, there, some people aren't a part of the future plans. Some people are a part of the future plans, but we need to see with what we've got, who we want to keep and do. I mean, look at their top five hitters right now. The top five hitters on the team as of today, Saturday morning, are Solak, Gallo, Isaiah Kiner-Falifa, um, Nate Lowe, and Dahl, all guys that were thought to be part of – now, they're not hitting fantastic, don't get me wrong, but they all have their own attributes that are part of what a winning team is. Look at Solak. Solak is hitting 275. He's got an 822 OPS, and he's got three home runs. I mean, look, he started out bad. He's had some strikeout issues. He's kind of – seems to be coming out of it. He takes Rude Negative Odor's place um, at second base, and this is – Far better production than Rugnet Odor. He, he's had a few strikeouts, but his bats are good. His swings are good. He seems to be good in the zone. Then you look at Gallo. Gallo's hitting 256. Well, we want Gallo to hit more than 256. Yeah, but his on-base percentage. Have you seen what his on-base percentage is? His on-base percentage is 467. He's, he's almost 500 getting on base. He's been on base every game they have played this year. Every single game. Now, he's only got one home run. The power hadn't started, and so he's got a 792 OPS just because his his uh, slugging percentage isn't high yet because he hasn't hit a lot a lot of home runs yet. Um, and, and, you know, his base hits have mainly been singles um, and because of the shift they have on him. And I know everyone wants him to bunt and do all of that to get out of that shift, but that's not his game right now. But you know what? If you're going to walk and get on base at 500%, um, at right around there, that's going to be good for when that mistake is made and you do catch the ball and barrel it because we know Gallo can hit a ball 600 feet. Uh, you know, I'm exaggerating there a little bit, but you know what he can do. So if that on-base percentage stays there, that's all-star stuff right there. I, I know it, it, 
256, you know, I think we all thought if Gallo could hit anywhere from 240 to 260, have about a, uh, you know, anywhere from an eight to 900 um, OPS, uh, that that would mean that he was getting on base a lot and that he was hitting some slugging percentage there and doing well. Right now, if his slugging percentage were to go up and he was to hit a few bombs and doubles and start getting his slugging percentage up, he's going to be up to 1,000 especially with an on-base percentage at 467 if he keeps it up. Isaiah Kiner-Falifa is uh, – and I, everyone says Falefa. I, I, I can't get it out of my head. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dadgum uh, – you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a country boy or whatever, so that's the way it says. But he's hitting 233, 606 on-base percentage. But, you know, he looks good at the plate. He's worked in that leadoff spot. You want a little higher on-base percentage. But when it was necessary, he's let off the game with the hit. He's done well. He's got two bombs already. I mean, I I think nobody expects uh, Counter Falefa to hit more than you, you know fifteen uh, home runs, ten or fifteen. We'd be happy with in that leadoff spot. I don't think they see him as the everyday um, as the everyday uh, 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 leadoff spot. I think they want to see him, you know, uh, go down in the lineup a little bit. Uh, they they would be better, but he's done great at it. I think they'd love to see Tavares. As the one, and look at what um, you know. And I don't have now. Top five is by qualified at bat, so we don't have um, um, Jose Trevino. Jose Trevino right now is hitting three fifty six. I mean, that guy right now he, he doesn't qualify on the top five because he hadn't had enough at bats because he shares time with Jonah Heim. But uh, I, I'm going to tell you right now, that guy he's putting up all star numbers if he keeps doing what he's doing. I mean, he he's played fantastic. They had him in the two hole. I mean, he's just getting on base. He's hitting. He's doing the. This is a guy who's coming to his own, and his backup is a good catcher. This his backup's a starting catcher in the major leagues. Jonah Heim. Jonah's a starting catcher, and Jonah is getting on base. He walks a lot. He's hit. Uh, you know, he's hitting home runs. He's hit what one or two, but he looks good at the plate. Here's what you want from your players. You want a guy that when he gets to the plate, he looks comfortable. Remember how last year Ruggie never looked comfortable. It will Ruggie for the last five years. He'd go to the plate, he'd go up there, get two strikes, and you knew it was over, right? He he couldn't work the count, he couldn't do it. every once in a while he'd do it, but he was such such a such a just a free swinging guy that fell off balance when he was trying to swing and do all that, and and you'd throw him a breaking ball or you'd bury one in the dirt, and he just looked silly, and and it was frustrating, and you know, and, and he would go through spouts where it looked like he was figuring out these guys look good. Nate Lowe, Nate Lowe's been a find. And, yeah, Ronald Guzman was amazing. And I, I apologize to, to, to Nate Lowe because I thought Ronald Guzman was winning this job coming out of um, spring training. And, and Guzman hasn't played horrible. He's by far a better first baseman than Lowe. But Lowe is setting up. Now, he's only hitting 226 right now. He's been in a bit of a slump. But he's coming out of it now. He's got four home runs. He leads the team. He's got 15 RBIs. That's tops in baseball, not – the top in baseball, but he's in the top five in baseball. He's got a 777 OPS. When he starts hitting the ball more regularly and getting on base better, um, which I think he just went through a little bit, he pressed a little bit and went through a slump. But that guy right there, you know he reminds me of? I mean, I, I know Jamie Newberg said he, he reminds him of, of Tex, and that's who I thought he reminded me of too. But at the plate, he kind of reminds me of Mitch Moreland. You remember how Mitch Moreland always was in an at-bat? He always looked like he was in it bad. He, he, he had a good eye for the ball. Even if he struck out on a called third strike, you could see where 
why he didn't swing at that pitch. It wasn't going to be a good pitch to hit anyway, um, and it might have been slightly out of the zone or just a perfectly placed pitch. And that's what you you know you 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 would see that. Now David Dahl on the list is fifth in hitting, top five. He's another one in your core, right? So that's what I was talking about in hitting. That's your core, and David Dahl. He's only hitting 213. He went in a bad slump. Start off good, went in a bad slump, hit a home run last night. But man, that's another guy that is hitting the ball. When he hits the ball, he's barely, he's had hits right into some of them. He's had some a stretch where it wasn't looking good. But these guys are all in positions to do well and it, they look good at the plate. Now, the two guys that look overmatched at the plate are the two guys that really don't need to be there right now. You got Anderson Tejada, who shouldn't be here right now, but because of an injury, he there's no choice. He needs to be here. Uh, he looks okay at the plate, but it's it's very obvious he still needs some more at bats. He hadn't hit above high A um, until last year when he came up, and there was no minor league system. He needs to be down there. And and uh, Tejada, I mean uh, uh, Leody Tavares. I'm sorry. Leody Tavares, he really looks bad at the play, and he's just overmatched right now. And I think he's pressing because everyone expected him to win the starting job and be the you know the leadoff hitter, center fielder. And you can see out in the field that he has got the ability to be a great center fielder. I don't, he's got some exchange issues um, at the plate. Uh, I mean, when he when he's catching the ball, he's a couple times he's dropped the ball after he catches it, and he kind of nonchalantly the way he catches the ball, it drives me crazy. I mean, I used to get yelled at about that when you, you know, catch the ball with two hands. Don't do that. You know how that works, but you're with anybody that's played ball, but but he's just he glides out there. He's just so athletic getting out there. Um, but I tell you the guys that have really impressed me too is is uh who's who is probably gonna end up being the everyday center fielder pretty soon once minor league starts. That's gonna uh uh that's gonna uh be Eli White. Eli White's gonna end up being that center fielder. I mean, let's be honest. He's played incredible out there too. He's athletic. He's all get up. He just he looks good. He's played every outfield position. I bet he ends up being the starting center fielder. Now the pitching is the other thing. And let's be honest about this pitching, guys. I mean, we didn't expect this. Fultonevich, you know, the ERA's above five. That's fine. You got uh, look look the Lance Lynn trade for Dan for Dane Dunning, um, which by the way, I went on a podcast in Chicago this offseason. They wanted Lance Lynn. We went on there and we tried to work out a deal for uh, for Lance Lynn. And we went back and forth on people. In my very first offer, I said, okay, I, I know we're not going to get – they had Madrigal and uh, they they have um, uh, Vaughn, uh, their top prospects. Whatever. I knew we weren't going to get that for Lance Lynn because you only got a year of control for Lance Lynn. So I went down a little bit and, and looked at their rotation and I looked at Dunning and I said, all right, I'll give you straight up. You give me Dane Dunning, I'll give you Lance Lynn. Because at the time, I'm just looking for any any sort of return because the most value for, for Lynn was going to be in the offseason. It wasn't going to be at the trade deadline this year. And he turned me down. Said, nah, we like Dunning. Well, I think, and then what is it? They end up pulling off. Not only do we get Dane Dunning, but we got an extra, um, uh, an an extra player for that, Avery Weems, which was another pitching prospects. But to get two for Lance Lynn was amazing. I mean, let's just be honest. That that was pretty good. So you're looking at the pitching staff now. Well, let's look at the the, the starting rotation besides um, uh, Jordan Lyles and Fulton Evich, which aren't really here for the future. Fulton Evich possibly 
but but you know they're trying to see if he can rebound. He looks good. He just has those bouts of not being able to find the strike zone. He kind of gets exposed. Gibson is not here for the future either. Do not be surprised the way Gibson's pitching if he is not. Now, now look, this is a Gibson's another guy that is sort of like a Mike Miner or a. Um, or, or a Lance Lynn. He, he signs here for three years. He comes in. He's really figuring it out. He's looking really good, especially his last two starts. Looked horrible opening day. Just horrible. Couldn't get one. He, he got one out. Couldn't get out of the inning. They scored five runs after the Rangers had gone out and scored five to open, this, open the series. But he's been amazing. He's got a 2-0, and 4.05 ERA, which is amazing considering he had a 1.38 ERA, 100.138 or whatever it was, ERA that was – I'm sorry, 138 ERA, which was, you know, he brought it down like 125 points in uh, his second start. Now he's down to a 4.05. Hey, Ari Hara has got a 3.07 ERA. He's 1-1. One one. He won his first game the other day. He's looked good. Look, he's getting adjusted to the ball here. He looks good. He's signed for the next few years. And so that that's a guy that looks to be somebody possibly for the future. He's only 20, 28, I believe. And then you got Dunning. Uh, Dunning's in that, that – uh, what do you call it? Where they're doing the um, they're they're doing the piggyback situation there, where they got two of them going in. He's usually Dunning's usually paired up with uh, Taylor Hearn, and uh, or you know Wes uh, Benjamin's kind of been with Jordan Lyles on that, who who's had some good spouts, but Dunning is one and zero with a one point zero ERA. I mean he's he's looked fantastic. He's going tonight, and it's fun to watch him do that. And then you got you know when they're playing and you're looking at who they're playing and what they've done in in these first uh, what are we 15 games 16 15 games in or whatever we are we're we're about uh, we're about 15 games in and uh, 14 games in and they look they won two or three from Toronto um, Toronto is picked by some I picked them to go to the World Series um, there's they're a good young team they've got good pitching they've got uh, you know they've got some young superstar uh, players on that team that if they come together, you got Vladdy's son, you've got Bichette um, over there. I mean, you got Biggio's boy that, that that's a good ball player and all of that. And they took two or three from Toronto, who's still looking pretty good. And then you've got um, Tampa Bay, who was in the World Series last year, and they're you know they lost Blake Snell, but the the Rangers took three or four from them and basically manhandled them. And, and look, Tampa Bay will be in this. They're not going to fall. You know, they they maybe they are falling off all the way, but they they've got a good young lineup. They've got they they're always good the way they 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 work their their situation. Okay, so that's where they are. So let's go through the AL West and let's see where they are um, in the AL West. So right now, Seattle is the best team, not only. Seattle's one of the best teams in the American League. Now, are they going to be at the end of the year? I hope so. You know, I'd love to see Seattle come up. I said this year that I thought Seattle might have a chance to compete for a wild card spot. Um, I think everybody just thought they would be the worst in our division uh, unless it's, you know, either the Rangers or the the, uh, Mariners would be the worst. I thought the team that might fall off the most seems to be playing the best right uh, besides Seattle is uh, the Angels. They've been playing good in Otani. Good Lord. Man, that guy's good, and he look. He is a he's he's good. I I I am. He is all as advertised. Once healthy, had some health issues coming in. Let's see if he keeps that up. But Seattle is uh, seven and three. Their last ten games, they've won three in a row. They're nine and five. Uh, they they lead the AOS, and then you got the Angels at eight and five. Um, so they're just one game behind them, and the Rangers are only three games behind. They're six and eight. They're at the bottom. 
because the only reason they're at the bottom is because Houston hasn't played as many games. Houston's six and seven. The Rangers are six and eight. Uh, Oakland is seven and seven. And then, uh, you know, they're at 500. And then you got the Angels at eight and five. But all of them are within three games right there in the West. And, and uh, you know, the, the, but the Rangers, who everybody thought very well could compete for the first pick in the draft uh, in 2022, um, you know, tap the brakes on that right now because they're not the worst team in baseball by far. Um, and, uh, well, not by far, but they are not the worst team in baseball. And they may – look, and I'm going to tell you right now, I would still say it's all good if they slid down and, and, and became the worst team in baseball as long as they are playing the way they are playing right now. This team is it, – it's all good. It is all good. They just look – Fantastic uh, doing that. Now, if you want to go through the AL and see who is the best in the AL, believe it or not, a team that that I did not uh, think was going to be very good at all uh, was the Boston Red Sox. I thought they were going to come in last in the East, and they are nine and they're they're, the, they're nine and four. They're the best team in baseball. Seattle's a half game behind them just because they've lost one more game uh, than them. But but Boston's nine and four, leading the East. And you know who the worst team in the American League is right now? the team that's competing for the number one pick, the New York Yankees. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. That is hysterical to me, that the Yankees are so bad. And you know what goes along with being the worst team in baseball? I'm going to make all my Rugi haters love me right now. And I hate to do that. I really like Rugi. I love him as a guy. He was a very nice guy in the locker room. But Rugi, the, what the Rangers pulled off, to trade Rugnet Odor to the Yankees, he's up there, and look where they are. They're five and nine. Now they're dealing with some, you know, Stanton's not looking well. Uh, you know, the uh, what's his name, Judge looks horrible. I mean, needs to probably go to the minor leagues the way he's playing right now. I mean, he looks he looks just just hideous up there. And so, you know, it's just a. Um, it's kind of as a guy that's never loved the Yankees. It is very fun to watch them just be this bad right now. And so, um, but that's, you know, that that's a team that has the ability to to not, uh, you know, that, that has the ability to to come back from that. Um, the, the absolute, so if you want to go through all of baseball, let's go through the National League. Who, who is the best team right now in the National League? And it's the Dodgers. Uh, they, they've started out 12-2, and two, but only lost two games. Uh, they look fantastic. Um, they look every bit like the team that went to the World Series. And I've actually got the Padres going to the World Series this year. They're 9-6, and six, so they don't look bad. Um, but the absolute worst team in the, in the National League right now um, is the Rockies. And they're 3-10. and 10. That's a, that We all know the Trevor Story rumors. Trevor Story coming here. Um, something like that. But I tell you right now, um, that is, that, is um, that, that could be a possibility. But I think that they're probably going to make a qualifying offer that he'll turn down before he comes here. But Colorado, things are not looking good there. Uh, but the, the season is underway, and we're playing baseball. There's full fans that are coming out to uh, the ballpark, which whether you're for it or not, um, I am. Let me just let me state my case, and let me just make sure you understand this. I am all for opening every baseball stadium up 100%. Yes, I understand that this virus is a dangerous virus, and that's at a, some point in my personal opinion – I think we're all big boys and girls. There are people that have 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 uh, family members that they do not 
need to have around this. And those people should, by all means, still stay at home and not come out. And and uh, I I have had my shot. I am I had the uh, Pfizer shot, so I'm fully vaccinated now. Got my second one this week. Um, and so and I will still wear a mask just because out of a courtesy. Um, uh, the Rangers are going to require you wear your mask when you're in the stadium. And, uh, and I have no issue with that. I don't want anybody, nobody knows that I'm fully vaccinated. So I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. So that's why I'll wear my mask, especially around people that want me to still wear my mask and I, and, and do that. But I don't feel I need to because I'm, I'm vaccinated now, but I will. And I, 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 I abide by rules, but I think we should open back up and I'm glad that we're opening back up and I'd love to see baseball open back up. And, uh, I, I just think that, that we all as, as we need to see everything open back up. I'd love to see it. I think we're at a point where those that you can get, you can get your vaccine. Now, those that don't want to get the vaccine can go without it. And you're taking your own risk. That's fine. That's you're the call. Don't gripe. If someone in your family gets it and they pass away from it, that's on, you know, that's, that's that you can't blame, uh, anybody and sue anybody over that you're gonna that that's your fault for not doing the vaccine and of course the vaccine's not 100 percent anyway but i think we just the flu isn't either you get the flu it's it, the flu isn't as dangerous as covid and i'm not trying to say that and i want to be, make that very clear but i just think we're ready to open up and do that and that's my personal opinion but let's go on through that now and let's look at the transactions that have happened um the biggest transactions in the last couple of weeks and, and the big one that came yesterday which is, i was excited to see was uh joelle rodriguez is back the bullpen um we needed a a, a back end rotation or uh, back end of the bullpen guy i know we got uh kennedy uh back there who's who's uh, Ian Kennedy, who's probably – he's basically the closer right now. But Joely Rodriguez is a good bullpen piece. So uh, Josh Spores, who they traded with the Dodgers and got uh, in the offseason, has been optioned back to the alternative side. So he'll start out at AAA if if um, they uh, – um, you know, if they don't need him again before uh, they, they start up. Uh, but um, Adolis Garcia was called up on the 13th. And he's started the last couple of games, hit that the home run that put him ahead um, in Tampa Bay yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, which was fantastic. Talking to him afterwards, we were on the, uh, you know, here's what I found out. It was really interesting. So I was on the Zoom call after the game. Uh, he got the big, the big hat um, that he, for some reason, he didn't wear it to the to the uh, Zoom call after after the game when he hit the home run that put him ahead. But uh, he he comes with a uh, a uh, he's got a translator, but I think he understands English really 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 well, um, because normally when you have someone that doesn't speak English, um, they they come up there, uh, we'll ask a question, they'll translate it to him in Spanish or Japanese or you know whatever language they speak, they'll answer the question and then the interpreter will come back and then he'll put it out there exactly how they did it. Uh, Adolis is sitting there, and, and uh, uh, Emily and everybody's asked a question. They'll ask the question. The minute he stops, he's get this big grin on his big grin. It's a nice grin. And he gets that big grin. As soon as they stop and they, and they ask the question, he immediately goes into a long answer. But it's all in Spanish. And then the interpreter would turn around and say exactly. So he's, he understands it, but I guess his, his speaking English right now is just not comfortable enough for him where he speaks, speaks it good. But he does understand it because he seemed to go immediately into the answer once the question was asked. And, man, that guy's grin is engaging. I, I hope that he gets to stay up here and he does that. Okay, 
We're going to finish this thing off by going down in the bus leagues. Now, down in the bus leagues was something we did that first season. We didn't do it last year because they didn't have it. I always want to do down in the bus leagues, and I'll probably do this no matter what episode we ever do. I'll probably do some down in the bus leagues, and at least once a week we'll do down in the bus leagues. And we'll just go down. We'll go through box store stats and all of that. Right now it's only the alternative site that's playing. Uh, they played a few games. They've won some. Nobody on the alternative site team are are the bigger prospects. I mean, there's some, but but here's what we're waiting for, and here's what's coming. May 4th. May 4th. Every minor league team starts their season on May 4th. Frisco Rough Riders, Round Rock Express, Hickory Crawdads, which is now this year high A. Used to be the low A team. They're in uh, – they're in Hickory, North Carolina. They have moved up to the high A team. Down East, they swapped. I don't, I don't understand what the situation was with that, but down East um, in Kinston, North Carolina, the Wood Ducks, they were the high A team, but now they're the low A team. And so who the Rangers parted ways with, since they don't do it anymore, was Spokane. Uh, the Spokane uh, Indians, I think they were called, uh, up there in Washington, that was their uh, rookie, rookie league team. But they, uh, they're not associated with them. So I think anyone that's not playing in uh, A, AA, or AAA will stay in uh, surprise. And there's little season around there where they play some rookie ball there. You know, there's the Arizona Rangers and, and the DSL Rangers down in the Dominican. They have a team, too, for some of the very younger players. But I am excited for May 4th. I'm excited for some of these players coming in. Justin Foscue is one I want to watch. Of course, Josh Young, but he's going to be behind because of the foot injury. Um, you're going to have probably Cole Wynn and Hans Kraus might start out at AA, uh, which would be great for the locals here to go watch them at, at Frisco. And uh, and then you you know you've got uh, Foscue, you've got Maximo Acosta, who's probably going to start his season, finally play some some ball. Probably, I would guess, probably going to start out at Down East. He's pretty young, hasn't really played some good affiliated ball, but watch him to move up pretty quick. Uh, uh, Luis Acuna. Uh, is supposed to be moving up pretty quick too. He's another youngster that, that that's coming up in there, and uh, I, I can't wait to see these guys playing um, some ball and getting box scores every night and doing that. Um, and then, of course, you know we're, we're going to be keeping up with the draft. It's coming. So last night I went and saw Jordan Lawler. For those that don't know who Jordan Lawler is, there are three consensus top picks in the draft. The Rangers have the second pick. You've got uh, Leiter and uh, Kumar Rocker from from Vanderbilt. They are listed one and one A, um, basically one and two, and then the third best prospect in 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 the uh, country is is Jordan Lawler. He's a shortstop for Jesuit uh, here in Dallas, um, and I had a lot of guys. Uh, I saw Jamie Newberg out there last night, um, and there was a, a Tiger scout that was there. Tigers are obviously the third pick, um, so they they're. You know, they're watching him closely, probably imagining that Lawler's going to go there. So I went and saw him last night, you know, all the hype to see him. And I felt horrible for – actually, I felt horrible for Lawler. Um, he ended up going two for four uh, last night, um, and one of his hits was a pop-up, a major league pop-up, that dropped right behind second base because everyone lost it because of how high it went. The lighting's never great at a high school field, and the right fielder coming in got lost. He lost it. Nobody could find it, and it dropped in. So it counts as a base hit, but it was a pop-up. Um, he singled his first time up uh, just a flare over the shortstop. But here's what I noticed about him. He, he, he is very athletic. He just looks the part on the field. His, the, 
both the guys that were pitching, observing high school, Irving Tigers, uh, both the guys that were pitching were just not, look, they, they might have topped out at 80 miles an hour. They weren't throwing hard. They're not throwing mid-80s to 90. Um, you know, they're, they are just not that, that, that fast of pitchers. He was ahead on everything. In fact, he, he took one. I got a little video of If you go to Twitter and look at it, he almost killed his coach last night, a coach that I know. I actually know Brian Jones is the, the uh, head coach at Jesuit. And uh, Brian and I worked together for a little bit. I used to play ball against him as a kid. Um, very good coach. He was at Colleyville Heritage, I believe, for a while. But he's been at Jesuit and taken them. They're, they're picked to go far. And they're a good team. And, uh, and Lawler turned on a, on a uh, I believe he turned on a fastball. And it had to be 110 off his bat. And he almost hit Brian down there. And there's a, there's a little video clip I put on uh, Twitter. Go follow me at Rangers at Ranger Nation Pod and look for that clip where I, I said he almost killed Brian down there because he did. He shot a line drive right at him. Jordan Jordan was ahead of everything. I mean, he fouled two. He, he turned on one bomb and hit it into the football stadium that, that was right down the third. You know, it's like that. You, know, you ever seen someone turn on a ball and that's the ones that always reach the third deck at the old ballpark when they turned on one? and barreled it all the way up there. He turned on one and sent it all the way out to the football field. Their Jesuits football fields down the left, uh, down the third baseline, back behind it. Uh, he was just so far ahead of it. And, and you know, trying to – I, w- I want to see Jordan – I want to see him play probably in the playoffs. You know, you go go follow Tep, uh, uh, Tepid participation, uh, you know, Michael Tepid. Uh, you need to go follow him. He's gone and watched Jordan a lot, and he's got some great scouting reports on him. Jamie's – wrote a story about it and has gone, he really followed him close and they, they know they're, they're better scouts than I am. I'm just a guy that tells you when I see talented people, um, I can tell you what I see personally. He was the best athlete on the field. He was way ahead of that pitching. It was senior night. So they had the seniors come out with their parents, you know, and, and, and Jordan's mom was there, and, uh, you know, so he he was senior night. All the seniors were playing. So they even had their best lineup in there. They had the seniors out there. and um, and But he made some plays at shortstop. He made one just uh, routine ball, looked good, just came up, made the play. But in the, in the, in the seventh inning, they played seven innings in high school, um, they hit a, a slow roller uh, right over the pitcher, just a very slow roller. He had to charge it because he was playing semi-deep. Charged it. All in one motion, the field throw on the run to first base, and it was smooth. I'm telling you, that that right there was the most impressive thing he did. And when I saw that, I went, okay, I see it. Yeah, he was the smoothest player. Now, Irving High School, I'm interested to know who he was. I didn't keep score. Uh, they had a shortstop, too, that almost put one out. He was a smaller guy, but he was the second-best player on the field. He was good. Uh, I think he was uh, three for four. He hit a he hit a, he, uh, hit a uh, Line drive single in the first inning, hit a triple that that uh, almost hit the wall in center field, a kind of right center field that he that he went with, but uh, made some plays at shortstop, went way down the line, back behind third, and and caught a pop up that uh, back there. So um, he 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 was a good player. But Lawler is uh, is I, 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 he's good, he's good. Now I never saw Bobby Witt Jr. play, so I'm not exactly sure. The situation there, how he compares to Bobby Witt Jr. I think Newberg's made some comparisons, um, and, and that Witt, Bobby Witt Jr. might have been a little better. But um, Lawler's good, and he looks like a kid that is poised and is going to do well. You know, you, I think when you so it's not fair that I go out to watch him for the first time. He goes technically two for four, but basically one for three with a flare single. And it's not fair for me to go, yeah, I don't see it. He shouldn't be the second pick in the draft. Because 
that's not fair. He wasn't playing against anyone that was pitching very well. Um, he, you know, every kid, no matter who they are, have an, an off night, um, no matter what. And um, so I, I'm, I'm going to withhold. I, I would still be happy if the Rangers took him at two. I think right now the Rangers are going with a pitcher. And my guess would be if I had to, if I had to lay money on it right now, Kumar Rockers coming to the Texas Rangers because I think Leiter is just proving to everybody he's the number one overall pick. And if Leiter doesn't go uh, number one overall, then I think obviously the Rangers will take Leiter. I, and not, not because anything against Jordan, um, who I believe will be the third pick, if he's not picked one or two, he will most definitely be the third pick. Now, Jordan could really rise his stock when they get in the playoffs, start playing better teams, better pitchers uh, in the playoff if he really starts to hammer it. Because he's hitting like 412 or four, you know, somewhere in there. He's not even the, the lead, the, the, the best hitter on the team right now. Leads the team in home runs and RBIs, though. So he does. He, he drives in the runs. But uh, I was impressed with him. Um, I was impressed with his poise. He's, you know, he's a he's, – He's just a good-looking kid. He looks, looks like he's about six one or six two. He's a pretty tall kid, um, athletic-looking, runs good. He grounded out one time to shortstop, routine ground ball. The guy barely got him. I mean, he got he scooted down the line. He was quick. Um, so uh, you know, um, I'd, I'd like to go see him again. If you get a chance to go watch Jesuit play and go watch him, um, you know, there, there's a. You, we got a, a, a former – we've got a future major league baseball player playing at Jesuit unless, you know, knock on wood, there's injuries or something happening. But he certainly looks like the real deal in the in what limited I saw of him. And it's not fair. He, he wasn't overly impressive last night. You just had to take the demeanor of what kind of – what he looks like. And uh, without him, you know, you, you expect him, okay, it's, it's Irving. He should probably hit three home runs or whatever. You know, that's, that's not the case. He looked poised at the plate. He had a good eye. When there was a strike, he, man, he was on the strikes. But the problem was his bat's quick. And, I mean, he was yanking everything. He, he, did, he hit nothing to the right side on those pitchers. Everything was yanked down the left field line. And the hardest hit balls he hit, which he nailed a couple, were just foul. I mean, because he was so far ahead of these kids. Well, guys, that's it. I wanted to do a, uh, a, a Rangers update. We're going to try to do this a little more. Obviously, we're going to have guests on and, and do that more, have some more people. Uh, Jamie and, uh, and Levi have talked about coming on probably somewhere near that all-star break, kind of do an update halfway through the season like we did with the uh, – with the uh, athletic up, you know the 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 athletic roundtable, um, we'll try to get them back on and and do that. But uh, it, it's been great. The season's starting. Very happy. It's all good. I mean, they they are really doing what they said they were going to do. They're probably going to get look. They're going to have a prospect um, that's going to be a top twenty prospect in all of baseball just from the draft. Kumar Rocker. Uh, uh, Lider, Jack Leiter is his name, or Jordan Lawler are going to be top 20 prospects in all of baseball the day they sign their contract. That's just what they're going to be, period. And then they'll have to stay there. Name I'm going to put you. I'm going to put one name in front of you right now. This is the name I want you to watch when minor league baseball starts. Chris Cease. Chris Cease is the, the shortstop. He's been injured for two years. He came back in 19 and got injured again. Last year was supposed to be his coming out. He he is considered by Texas Rangers uh, scouting department, according to Jamie and some others. He may be the best player, the best prospect in the Rangers organization. Injuries have not put him there. And when the season starts, that's the guy we want to watch is Chris Cease. Probably going to start somewhere like down, uh, probably Hickory, high A ball. Don't think he'll come to double A yet. Should be at double A pretty quick. 
just because he's older. He's had a few injury seasons, but uh, that's a guy we're going to watch. Guys, thanks for listening. For those that listen to this and, and read everything I write, like I say at the end of everything I write, and like I say at the end of every one of these, nerd out. Out. <laughs>